Hey guys, this is Pete. Before we start the show, I just wanted to give a quick shameless plug for my debut novel entitled Frankenstein, A Life Beyond. It's the first direct sequel to Mary Shelley's classic and follows Ernest Frankenstein, the sole survivor of the original book. Like mystery, adventure, romance, horror, then this is the ebook for you. Check it out today on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and my website, EnceladusLiterary.com. That's E-N-C-E-L-A-D-U-S-Literary.com. Thanks. Now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. <laughs> we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. With your host, Pete... And Greg. What's he so pissed about now? Well, now he's reached the, the epitome of blowheartedness. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. Ooh, wait. The words. Say the words. Plato. Barata. Nectar, nickel. It's an end word. It's definitely word. It's definitely an end word. We're, we're gonna fake being evil. So we we can fake knowing that we're knowing what we're talking about when we dead our evils. All right. Well, then we're recording so oh, that we okay. can. <laughs> We can just nerdist ourselves into just going ahead and recording before we even think about it. Well, however you want to play it. Well, we're playing in Evil Dead is what we're friggin' playing in. Ooh. There's a television show upcoming on Evil Dead. It's D- got Bruce Campbell. It, it does have Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Do we know anything else about it? No. Uh, Sam Raimi's involved in oh, some right. way? Now we know everything. No, we know nothing about it. Uh, uh, it's going to be a show. It's going to be on Stars. And Evil Dead the movie was a reboot. And it ended with Bruce Campbell in there for some reason. And <laughs> the car was there at the cabin. So it's apparently tied to what happened before, but not really. So, so is the... We're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but is the TV show supposed to pick up right where that movie reboot left off? Look, I'm going to rewind the tape. <laughs> I'm going to rewind the tape, and I'm going to play it back. We know nothing about this show. Okay. Fine. In researching prior to this, we found there's nothing on this show except Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, and he's an older Ash. That's... That's about it. Will the car be there? I certainly hope so, because you can't do an Evil Dead without the Oldsmobile. The cut will his, will his hand be a chainsaw? I, for one, welcome <laughs> our new insect overlords. 
They might be helpful in telling us again that we know nothing about this show, but we could say, yes, why not? His hand will have a chainsaw. Uh, Hello, Mr. Obvious here. Uh, I'd like to start the show now. Oh, hey, Mr. Obvious, long-time listener, first-time caller. (laughs) Say, uh, what's the new Evil Dead TV show going to be about? (laughs) (laughs) Well, caller, like we said earlier, uh, we don't have any idea, earthly or otherwise, what it's going to be about. I see. And is he going to have a chainsaw attached to his arm? Well... We're not sure, because they haven't said anything yet, but sure, why not? Those who runs around with a chainsaw. <laughs> oh, God. I am going to put that clip on here for no reason. Oh, there's, yes, there's he's no outside, reason. To, he's outside with a chainsaw. There's no reason to terrify anyone else with that clip. <laughs> Just because we're familiar with it. So, Evil Dead. Yes. Army of Darkness. Mm. Dead by Dawn, Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead Reboots. It's all in the Evil Dead universe, which so far is completely uncomprehensive in its <laughs> its uh, continuity anyway. So now, 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 now anyway. I, I don't think we have to go that far. The original Evil Dead. Hmm. You guys want to go make a movie? Well, I got a little bit of money. Let's go out to a cabin in the woods in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, and do that. Okay. Well, you know what? We kind of made that one a little bit serious, but uh, hey, I got some more money. We got some more pull. Uh, this last film didn't work out so good. Maybe we should go do a- another shot at doing that movie and call it Evil Dead 2. Hey, that worked out pretty good. Now I got a lot of money. Let's go do this thing for real on a big budget, and we'll call it Army of Darkness. Uh, and then we'll and then that's it, it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right we're done with that that's yeah, that, it's all it's over I, I think that's the trajectory of what they have in common <laughs> yeah well, evil dead original was i want to make a movie i want to make it by myself what's cheap and sells horror movies great <laughs> and like you said oh suddenly sam raimi has a career well, let's go back and try and make Evil Dead on a little bit bigger budget. But this time, let's throw in Three Stooges bits. <laughs> make it stand Brilliant up. Three Stooges bits. <laughs> and then the, the ending of that, we're going to kind of alter it when we do Army of Darkness and change it up a little bit. And then we're going to do Army of Darkness. with. Yeah, we'll go back forth. into the Middle Ages. So before Alias did it, before Parks and Rec did it. We had the big time jump in Evil Dead. But it wasn't really a time jump, more as just a, like, time tunnel travel, whatever craziness it was. Yeah, yeah, a time jump. Fine! <laughs> Fine! A time jump! Fine. He was at one point in time, and then he went backwards. So you must be the Time Lord here, Doctor Who. That's me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there's, there's the voice to give the Time Lord. I, I don't know. I've never watched Doctor Who. But I'm I sure haven't either, but I'm sure. That... I'm sure it doesn't sound like Krusty the Clown. <laughs> uh, that's not good. Get out of your phone <laughs> booth. This is all messed up. <laughs> How many doctors are there? God. <laughs> so Evil Dead. They're talking about this new show that they're going to do after years and years of uh dan Aykroyding themselves because i think that uh, uh, the official term now is to dan Aykroyd yourself which is to in any interview be asked hey are you going to do another evil dead and for him to always say sure we're almost seconds away from pre-production and about 15 years of that basically is what Aykroyd did with ghostbusters 3 
that's what has been happening with Evil hey, Dead. Look, he wasn't lying. They're making Ghostbusters three. He obviously had this thing not locked up. Yeah, but ultimately it got to. Uh, we're just gonna start over, guys. And, <laughs> and I think that's what happened when they did the Evil Dead movie a couple years ago. Was years and years of Bruce Campbell at Comic Con conventions and horror conventions. Are you gonna do Evil Dead four? Uh, yeah. Sam and I are gonna do it next year, kid, or whatever. And then nothing happens and then finally suddenly somebody just says uh we're just going to do it but not really related to you which i wonder if that's going to be a yeah, i wonder if the parallels between that and ghostbusters might be uh more prescient than i think because they ultimately did that little tag scene did tie in to bruce campbell so i wonder if the all-female ghostbusters reboot not to get off on too much of a tangent but that They'll, they'll say, nope, clean, don't know anything about it. And then they'll have like an ending credits stinger where Dan Aykroyd shows up as a professor or something. Some weird tie-in. <laughs> it, it'll be it'll suddenly turn into an episode of Charlie's Angels meets Ghostbusters and Dan Aykroyd will be... Uh, the, the voice box. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, who's the helper guy? Not Charlie. Bo Bosley. Bosley. There Speaking of Bill Murray, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the, and tangenting all the way back to Evil Dead. Mm. Um, but yeah, they, they did that. It was a reboot of the first movie. It wasn't exactly what everyone was looking for as far as we want more Ash. And without being knowledgeable of inside of the Ghost House production company of Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert, who knows? Maybe they planned it all along to put that stinger in the reboot and... This new series is going to bring some of the actors from that reboot into it. Who who knows? We don't know anything, but that's why we're here. So we're, we're here to create throw the doors open to wild speculation, basically, is what you're saying. Well, isn't that what we do here on our Hindsight is 2020 is say, well, this is what we want to see. <laughs> I, I, well, sometimes. <laughs> or the facts. <laughs> so... Bruce Campbell, Ash, he is the one and only. Is this going to be... He is a man who is forever screwed. <laughs> is this... Greatest description of a character yet written. Is this the dumb and dumber problem uh, of it's just been too long? Or do you think that this property holds something special to where he could, they could actually make it work? Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to trip on a bunch of numbers and years here, but let's let's throw out some numbers and years. All right, so the original Evil Dead was at eighty or eighty one. Uh, it was like eighty one, eighty two, and then okay. Evil Dead then, two was eighty seven. Oh, okay, it was eighty seven, ninety three for Army. I believe so. Yeah, somewhere. The reboot there. was twenty twelve. Yeah, that sounds about right. With, okay. If only we had these interconnected library type devices that we could search these if things. Only. But again, we're not going to use it. <laughs> yeah. Well. So, uh, yeah, they there's a long gap there, but I don't know because it seemed to get better. And again, we'll use that Ghostbusters comparison. Be because the movies progressively got better and they kept getting closer and closer to striking gold with they got to deal more with Ash's character 
It's like the first movie, yeah, he's just some guy. Second movie, all right, he's the main guy and he's getting tortured and it's kind of funny. The third movie, all right, well, he's an idiot who works at a department store and we know a little bit more about him and he's the hero. Well, it seems like it's progressing towards they definitely need to do more. So maybe the layoff won't be too problematic for this particular guy, whereas like a Ghostbusters, yeah, they went downhill and... Maybe that should be enough to say, yeah, let's reboot it clean. I guess it all depends on how they end up using him and what the focus of the show is and everything. Uh, if he's just going to, if it if it turns into something like, uh, and God knows why, I just went here. But if it turns out like, did you ever watch the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles? Oh sure. Hey, we're gonna dust off old Indiana Jones in various formats. And uh, he'll show up and spout off about 10 minutes of dialogue in an episode. And then all the younger versions of him will run around and do everything in the show. Um, Are we just going to have Ash as the wise old sage showing up and saying stuff and everybody else has to go off and deal with things, do you think? Or... Well, without ever seeing Burn Notice, I don't quite know what shape Bruce Campbell's in nowadays to be able to actually do things. I mean, he's got to be approaching 60 at at least. So how much can he actually do that would be in line with Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness as far as the physicality necessary? It, it almost It almost lends itself to having to bring in somebody from the reboot as kind of the the physical and he's yeah the the old wise old sage telling him what to do with some wisecracks thrown in would would we want to see young ash and old ash teamed up but how would you do that recasting no he's got a son and he and his oh. son are running around battling the deadites no because i'd i i'd hear sam Raimi in my head saying who would marry this guy and have a kid <laughs> come on that's uh, no that's not possible i i i'm i'm hoping you're right i mean i'm bringing <laughs> i'm bringing this up basically hoping that you'll shoot it down because i i don't personally want to see that but i think what would be really fascinating is if they used the deleted scenes from Army of Darkness that, for those of you listening who don't know what that is, explain the deleted scenes, the deleted alternate ending of Army <laughs> of Darkness in all its glory. Oh, it's brilliant. Uh, okay, so the way the movie plays out now, spoiler alert, he, he swallows this juice that this uh, wise man gives him and ends up back at his job at S-Mart and one of the deadites follows him and they have this little showdown in the store and he ends up defeating it and it's hail to the king, baby. So we have kind of our happy ending. The original ending that they did, he swallowed the juice, fell asleep in his car in a cave, buried so that he could wake up in the future and ends up sleeping too long (laughs) and wakes up and comes out of the cave and it's like post-apocalyptic horror. Everything's (laughs) ruined and he's just shouting, I slept too long! (laughs) What would be fascinating is if they did that 
and it starts out in a post-apocalyptic future. Either that or he found a way to get back into the time loop and came back to the present, but he spent most of his time in the post-apocalyptic, like, just fighting the deadites with a bunch of idiots or something. <laughs> uh, that would be very cool to do. Is just ha- yeah, I mean, have him play out a couple of episodes in the uh, the future, the wasteland of the future, just all pissed off because he slept too long. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's reached the epitome of blowhardedness, but he is completely pissed off and and just doesn't care. Like ah, oh, whatever. Get yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Just uh, you think they're gonna work in the uh, Freddy versus Ash? <laughs> that was see. That was the other thing I it was on top of my head here was, uh, yeah, the whole thing with after what was that the early two thousands. Well, yeah, after the success of Freddy versus Jason in two thousand and three, the talk quickly went to what else can we do within the rights. And not to go too far into tangent land again, but obviously rights and who owns the rights to who is a huge issue. And that's one of the reasons why it took forever for Freddy versus Jason to actually happen. Well, number one, they needed a script. But number two, it was, well, who has the rights? And New Line Cinema owned Freddy, and they bought the rights to some portions of the character of Jason, but not Friday the 13th and other things or whatever. I I don't know. There was differences. And they had to iron that out, but then they finally got that movie done, and it opened number one late in the summer in 2003. We saw it. And then after that happened, it was suddenly, well, we need to bring more people in. But then you've got, well... The Weinstein brothers own Michael Myers. Can't do that. And Pinhead's off somewhere else. And Leatherface is over at Lionsgate. And you're just all over the place. And somebody brought up, well, how about we bring in Ash from Evil Dead? Because apparently one of the producers of Freddy vs. Jason was a good friend of Sam Raimi's. And there was serious consideration about making that. But ultimately what happened is, yeah, they turned a screenplay or a treatment into a comic book, which I have, and I think you read it once when I gave it to you. And it was just not good. <laughs> it, it was just very dry and dull. And again, it maybe it's because it's a, it's a comic book, and you need, you, you if you get on set with Bruce Campbell, I'm sure things would come out that would be a little bit different. But <laughs> it, it, the premise was okay, where the it was the actual deadites who were controlling jason and Mm -hmm. freddy was a demon and uh, they were all going after the book the necronomicon and who knows more about that but ash and so he gets involved and he has to take him down and get the book and it was a fairly (laughs) decent idea but it it just who else knows more about it than ash well probably everybody (laughs) (laughs) who has dealt with it there you go but it, it would be yeah, it would be interesting to see him in the future be a, a, a an idiot, but just by sheer length of time, maybe we see him battle-hardened, that he has grown in that the way he was in that that comic book, where he is kind of the, the Van Helsing of the Deadite 
in the the Necronomicon. He's the one who's constantly battling it, but he never. What has to be what has to be awesome is he never really learns. He can't, he can't be too proficient, is what we've discovered, because the some of the worst scenes I personally for Army of Darkness are the scenes where suddenly Ash is too proficient at what uh, he's doing. Basically, after he shows back up at the castle and makes his speech, yeah, where he's suddenly leading the army. Uh, no, he needs to be a goofball <laughs> who constantly doing the wrong thing but somehow managing to to get out of it that's what needs to happen and he has to have everyone else die around him and him be the only one survive because yeah like you said he's the character who's perpetually screwed screwed yeah <laughs> that's the way that needs to work i think uh, agreed he's, he's got to be his own worst enemy at all times but also be successful <laughs> and they just they got they need to find a way to balance the the best parts of Army of Darkness where they, that's that's the balance they need where it's it's horrific action but there's comedy I mean I, I guess the only comparison I could think of on the other side of the ledger would be let's say the original Scream. It was 70% horror and 30% kind of comedic bits. I think Army of Darkness and Evil Dead works better when it's 60% comedic bits and 40% horror. It can't have the horror aspects dominate over the, the comedy. And I think maybe that's why the reboot, I didn't really go Yeah, for I was going to ask you about that because I never saw it. But. Well, it, it was just a typical. It's, that's why it's a little depressing. Is it just turned into a typical modern day, you know, kind of slasher movie type thing where it was all about the horror, the horrific events, and the scares, and she's possessed by a demon. But instead of goofy Ted Raimi in a big <laughs> sweaty costume having fun with it. No, she's possessed by a real demon who will kill you and and blood will be everywhere. And it was like, okay, this just could have been a Saw movie or a Hostel movie. Why? This is not Evil Dead. You guys, and we'll get into this with kind of a, a parallel track, but somebody looked at Evil Dead and saw all of the wrong things that should be taken from it. If you know where I'm heading with that well, one, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I do. Uh, so they were they were tonally basing it more on the original. Yeah, they were basing it on the idea of it's a cabin in the woods and we're dealing with demons, so it's all horrific and oh my god, it's all depressing and horrible and terrifying. Well, no, because I don't know how many people I've seen in interviews and just in random offshoots that are filmmakers now who say Evil Dead 2 is one of their favorite movies of all time. Oh, God, it's hysterical. Because, so because it's got so much stuff. comedy in it. It just took this horror bent. But like I said, if on a scale, it was not 50-50 with comedy and horror. It was 60-40, and so it was never taking itself seriously, and that's what made it so great. It wasn't uh, like 90-10 
horror to <laughs> uh, comedy to horror because there was some horror aspects to it. Oh yeah. But it was but it never delved into them being serious horror aspects. It was always with a twinge of fun. No matter even even when they started to get scary, it always had Bruce Campbell making goofy ass faces <laughs> and you know that when they were making the movie because he and Sam Raimi were lifelong friends and all the stories of Sam Raimi just loving to torture Bruce Campbell on screen that you know it was just all right, we're going to chase you as much as we can with this camera, and we're not going to let you stop. And even <laughs> if we hit you, we're just going to keep going, and you just have to keep going until we yell cut. And you can just see Bruce Campbell like trying to go with it and getting beaten up and making his goofy faces, and that, it was just it was spectacular. <laughs> so there's there's the quick comparison review of the reboot versus the the. The, the quote-unquote original, and I, I put that in quotes because I'm talking about the second one. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what everyone was hoping all these years, let's make a fourth one to get back to. And the, the little comment that, we ma- <laughs> that I made about somebody looking at those movies and seeing the exact wrong thing to see. Now, again, movies are all subjective. You see what you want to see. But sometimes the filmmaker has a specific thing in mind, and if you see something else, oh, you just completely missed the boat entirely. <laughs> and there was way back when, for all you youngins who weren't around in the 20th century, there were uh, these things called themes <laughs> for your computer, for your Windows computer to download. Good old Windows 95. Or, yeah, Windows 98 or whatever it was yeah. where you could download to your gateway computer a, a theme that would suddenly change all the borders to a certain color and all your icons would be different images. And we found this Army of Darkness theme because... Nothing else was really available, and we were looking for sound clips, and we downloaded this theme thinking, oh, good, it's going to be Army of Darkness, all the funny lines. No, it ended up being this... Now with our quest for the book! (laughs) This overwrought, some goon in his parents' basement figuring, oh, this is all cool medieval knight stuff and magicians and... That's what it's all about. And it was nothing but sound clips of, yeah, the the old wise man and, uh, you know, Thouest Quest for the book and <laughs> uh, the the sword and the, the knight speak and the medieval, you know. Thou must say the sacred words. Yeah. And there wasn't a single thing in there of, what are you, raising a barn? Give me some sugar, baby. Door. Shut the door. <laughs> Probably we're raising a barn, you know, primitives. It was nothing. There was nothing funny on it. It was just like, wow! You just completely. Oh, I don't know why it was so frustrating, but it was just like you just completely missed the point. One hundred percent missed the point of that movie, and pulled out all these goofy things. That and and that's what we want, though, is goofy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. They pulled out all the wrong things out of this movie that was so goofy and funny until it gets to that point where suddenly Ash is large and in charge, and 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 suddenly uh, that's not that's not working too well. 
So we need an over-the-top Ash. I feel like that vibe uh, definitely permeates the second film that goes about halfway through the third, and then, like we said, just kind of drops off. You get a little bit of it at the end uh, with what they ended up finally tagging onto it and everything. But, yeah, that's a shame about the reboot that they didn't realize kind of what... Again, I feel like we just talked... Well, we did, but um, with Star Trek. But, I mean, it's like, make it what it is. There's a reason that the audiences you know, like this world or these characters or this kind of tone. Yeah, pull out the essence. Like we talked about on Star Trek, where I wasn't a big Trek fan, as I love J.J. Abrams. And even you liked it as the Star Trek fan, because even though he gave it an action base, he still pulled from the essence of the original story and he still based everything essentially i guess i'm you correct me if i'm wrong probably he pulled everything from the original source as it was not completely his own vision of it he still he all the characters were the essence of what they were and it was starfleet but then he put an action bent to it correct uh with the exception of like Spock and that kind of stuff, yeah. Well, it's, I'm not talking Spock about Spock isn't darkness. that angry in the original. <laughs> I'm not talking about Into Darkness. I'm talking about the original. No, I just mean it, yeah. I'm talking about that too. Spock's not that emotional and angry in the original series. So fine. I, okay. I'm just you asked. I'm just saying. <laughs> fine. All right. Well then, I don't even know what the hell we're talking about. Evil Dead. Yeah. Yes. Sure. <laughs> so. Go back and pull the essence of the stuff <laughs> the stuff people liked, I guess. And that, that was the comedy, not the tree rape. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's all the freaking reboot focused on was the tree rape. Our big centerpiece of this movie is going to be the tree rape, except accelerated to 11. Because now it's going to be like nine trees. And, oh, man. And... Well, no. What, who are you making this for? Because this is <laughs> that was a part of the original movie, but that wasn't it. And what's the matter with you? Did you watch horror movies today? Kids, kids like Saw. We got to make this more like Saw. I guess, and I guess just here we are, two old grandpas talking about the way things were. Play horror movies like this, damn it. With Three Stooges. <laughs> you got to get those Three Stooges in for some quality horror. <laughs> I, I guess. It just seems like they missed the boat with the, yeah, the just, humor. Again, have, yeah, have fun with it is, I think, the main thing that we're saying. Well, then I'm hoping that Sam Raimi recaptures that. That he recaptures what he did for Drag Me to Hell, his little movie in 2008, maybe, uh, 2009. That little movie just crept out of nowhere. I don't even think any, many people really knew what was going on. It just kind of came out. Mm -hmm. That one, he, he kind of flipped my little scale. That one, he kind of went 60 horror, 40 humor. But it still had a lot of that Sam Raimi just, all right. Oh, it had the quick cuts. It had the kind of ridiculous solution stuff for some of the things. It, yeah. Yeah. like the, Let's take our lead actress, 
stick her in a, a, a rainstorm in this open, muddy grave, and then let's have this mannequin of a dead woman come out of a casket and beat the crap out of her on camera. <laughs> <laughs> While it's supposed to be a horrific thing, is it's this evil thing taking over, but we're going to show it like it's a Three Stooges where she's just getting the beat, the piss kicked out of her. Yeah, I was thinking, I was actually thinking about the whole scene in the car and everything, and doesn't, doesn't the lady's eye come out at one point and yeah, it shoots land in her mouth? <laughs> like, just this goofy twinge. But again, that movie has a lot of heavier drama to oh, it. Sure. And not drama, but uh, you know, heavier overtones to it, but it, and spoilers for Drag Me to Hell, but the character ends for that movie, the main character's ending is almost exactly like what it looked like Sam Raimi wanted to do in that deleted scene that I guess they made him change the ending of Army of Darkness, which was it's the he loves having that character who gets beaten up by the by the spirits of the dead and then gets screwed at the end and doesn't win. I mean, that's what happens to her. She gets screwed at the end. She doesn't win. She gets permanently screwed and that's what he wanted ash to be so i'm hoping he he does that now where he realizes no ash is not this hero who saves the day in the s mart he ash is the dumbass who's gonna get (laughs) who's gonna who's gonna like stumble his way into victory but ultimately he's gonna end up losing anyways and he'll keep you entertained while he's doing it. Exactly. <laughs> that. I mean, it's not very specific. I don't think we have many specifics, unless you have any ideas outside of the post-apocalyptic thing. What well, I, yeah, I, I actually do. wanted to ask you a little bit about the setting stuff. Do you think, okay, a couple possibilities. Do you think it would work best if we were just doing any kind of a reboot or something like that? You just start it like... None of that stuff kind of happened, and they just kind of run into this guy, and maybe it's his cabin or something like that, and go from there. Do you think that it would work better if they could move through time? And, you know, maybe at some point we end up back in that medieval setting, or we're in that post apocalyptic future, and every now and again we're in the present? Or, or what? I think because it's a television series that opens the the door a lot more than just making a standalone movie. Agreed. What I would like to happen, what I think is going to happen, I don't know. They might mesh. Uh, because now that my brain is going to TV show, it it seems like they have done a very good job of setting up what they could do with that little tag at the end of the reboot and actually tying it together. Whether or not you go back to medieval, I don't think you do that trick again. I think if you do, you since he did introduce the time travel aspect, I think you go somewhere else. If you're going to do time travel, either he's in the post-apocalyptic future and he time travels back to modern day where he meets up with the characters from the reboot, or he meets up with the characters of the reboot, that time warp opens again, which I think would be perfect for the Sam Raimi comedic beat, is Ash goes back to this cabin for the first time since he originally left there, and when he gets there, he 
is just getting ready to like destroy it or something and then suddenly that time vortex opens and sucks him out again <laughs> and he's just like oh god not again and he gets sucked into the timeline of briscoe county jr uh, sure what a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, just some other time besides medieval whatever it is yeah wild west or uh ash is a pirate on the high seas <laughs> Yeah, with a chainsaw. Exactly. Or ancient Rome or or whatever. But I think the Vortex, if it was located only at that cabin, would be pretty cool. And to actually see him back there and that Oldsmobile is there, that he somehow ends up there and then gets trapped there again would be great. But with it being a TV show, I mean, that's what I'd like to see happen, but what is going to happen, I don't know. Because if they're going to do... They're only doing a limited run on stars. But they're doing like a 13-episode thing? It's it's either 6 or 13, something like that. And it's not intended to be this long-running show. It's just intended to be like this... Like back in the olden days of the 80s. Movie of the week! It's a mini-series! It's on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and that's it. It's Lonesome Dove for Evil Dead. Mm. But it... It could literally go anywhere. I, I mean, I, I'm having a hard time really grasping down on what they are going to do just because of that tag at the end of the reboot. Oh, the tag, wasn't that just like him going groovy in the dark? Yeah, well, the ending credits led up to um, that recording from the guy, the professor who was reading the incantations from the book way back in the original movie. And he was reading the incantations and they altered it a little bit. It was like the rest of the tape that never got played. And it said something like, there needs to be someone who rises up as the hero to stop this. Or there can be, there's, there's only one who can come and, and stop this evil if it should arise again from the woods and then the music just goes and then you just see yeah bruce campbell's silhouette come up and go groovy Groovy. so apparently he's the one to come and stop the evil whether they intended that or if that was just a funny tag again i without any news on it it's just going to be very very interesting to see where it goes i just i can't get a grasp on even thinking about where it could go all right. Uh, my other question to you would be: We've we've talked a lot about uh, humor and its importance to this series and everything like that. And without bringing you know percentages into it again or whatever, where is the line? Where where is where do we go too far with the humor and it starts to become just too much of a parody of itself? What can they not do? They can't turn it into a scary movie or a epic movie or a date movie. The the Friedberg Seltzer things, they they can't do that. They can't go into Zucker Brothers Naked Gunland. It can't become a parody. It's just it has to keep that same delicate balance. I mean, you could almost say that Drag Me to Hell is another Evil Dead movie, just a different part of the universe. Oh, tonally and everything, yeah. I, I but even, even some of the, the subject matter, you could almost say that those are deadites that are coming to get her. Mm, true. So They're portrayed in a similar way. I think if he can keep that tone but shift it back a little bit more towards comedy, 
I, I think he would have they would have some gold on their hands. But the only thing, that, and I, I'll, I'll end my statements on this because I don't know how much more we could do on it unless you got more ideas. But my my, I go to the movie that was put out a couple years ago called My Name Is Bruce, <clears throat> and it was this mocking parody where Bruce Campbell played a version of himself who was like this big time loser actor and these guys came up to him and said we need your help to fight these demons because you're Bruce Campbell you fought him but they never got an official right so they could never say what character he played or what movies he was in it was all this twinge of fakery and it was very very awful <laughs> it was it was not good at all. It was so cheesy. It was like what Sci-Fi Network would put on as an alternate to Sharknado. And Sharknado being the better of the two. It was really bad. And that would be my only fear is, is has Bruce, and again, without seeing Burn Notice, which is the other thing that he was in more recently for a long mm -hmm. period of time, I don't know... If Sam Raimi has a deft enough touch to, to rein him back in, or if he just lost it, but that would be my only fear, is that Bruce Campbell is just not in the same space as he was when he was originally Ash, and could pull off those manic... I mean, the best parts, when he was completely manic, and, like he says in the commentary, a complete blowhard... In every way, like a completely confident blowhard, and now he seems more like the laconic, laid-back, yeah, I'm Bruce Campbell. And and even in that awful My Name Is Bruce movie, there would be a couple scenes where he's trying to be more manic and active, but I think just by natural aging, he just maybe can't be anymore. Mm. And I'm really hoping that Sam Raimi can pull that out of him again. That's my biggest fear. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I'd actually forgotten about that movie, but yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't so hot. Yeah. yeah. But Evil Dead, it's coming. It's coming for you through your TV screens if you have stars. It's coming whether you're good Ash or bad Ash. What are you? Are you me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you sound like a jerk. So, Evil Dead, it's it's on its way. And uh, hopefully we won't sleep too long before it comes. I'll get back to you. Oh, oh you. I'll get back to you. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. What's the matter? You raised in a barn? Shut the door. It was raised in a Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Yeah, Grace, Grace. Get the fuck out of my face. Okay, but... Hmm. What a horrible nightmare. Wait a minute. Oh, God. I can't move. Oh!